0: This podcast, I just lost you. I
1: know, it was, all right, here we go. Now we're started.
0: Hey, it's
1: 007, right?
0: This is podcast 007.
1: Oh. yes. And
0: those of us who are old immediately so have an image in mind of Sean Connery dressed in a black tuxedo <laughs> Schmoozing some woman while he kills a secret agent over her shoulder. We're not doing that. We're not doing no. that.
1: We are gripping reality. Is what we're. We are going to grip today. reality. We're going to grip reality.
0: And this number seven is going to be one of our standard podcasts. We're introducing the four core concepts that we build almost everything on, which is the P. E, M, B, way of understanding human experience. That's what reality is. P is perceptions. E is emotions. M is motivations. And B is behaviors. We got a lot to talk about, but today we're going to be introducing the idea of perceptions. The senses of perception. How the human being does it.
1: And that is... Part and parcel of what we want you to understand is that when we talk about perceptions, emotions, motivations, and behaviors, we are not talking about the circular A builds on B and B builds on C and D you know. It is not a cyclical building. It is and this is gonna sound kind of crazy because
0: Wait a minute. You're gonna... A B C C, What's building e, on? One,
1: two, three, yeah. Oh, you mean
0: P builds on E, builds e, on M, builds like on e. e. Okay, skip yeah, the yeah, A, B, yeah, C, D yeah. business. That's you know, really no, cool. No, no, the one two, three,
1: like four. Four. It's, it's yeah. one, two, three, no, four. Yeah, no, don't. Like... Yeah, yeah, it's no. like...
0: <laughs> Okay, back to the beginning.
1: So, <laughs> so the reality. The
0: P is and the E diamond. and M and B are complexes.
1: Exactly.
0: That human beings use to, to develop an understanding of reality. And in our image, there are four human heads representing the same person. And that's the four complexes that we put together in our experience, not perfectly. That's one of the most important parts of this whole thing is no one's perfect at it. And some people aren't even really good at it. Right. But you grow and the objective is to be able to accumulate enough capacity and skill and experience to get to what we call the cinnamon diamond, that little interaction between the four complexes. And, and it's not a perfect diamond and it's off center a little bit and has a question mark in it. And that's what we're really trying to teach is something that isn't scientifically precise and mathematically, it's not the right answer.
1: Right. It really has to so, do with life. Yeah, and so for those of you particularly are used to a thing called the Venn Diagram, that's exactly what it there is. There we go. So in the middle is this little triangle, which is reality. Thank you very much. You can put that down now. Okay.
0: For sure. well, I'm going to sure. drink out of it. And sure if you don't have
1: your coffee yet, go get your
0: cup of coffee or tea, hot chocolate, whatever you want to drink. Sit down with us. Come on, get to the table, and then we're going to talk go. a little
1: bit. And so it's, it is really uh, kind of uh, that aspect of understanding. This is not like your usual kind of, if you will, methodology, uh, professional development, um, how-to seminar, do-your-own-thing thing. thing. Um, these interact constantly with each other. And so understanding how that comes together is going to take a little bit of work and a little bit of practice, but that's what we're here for. And that's what we want to share with you. Well, when we talk about PEMB, those are the four complexes that we spend a huge amount of time helping people understand those dynamics. And within that, there's a significant amount of information, uh, but you can get there. That's the big part. The main thing I want to help you understand is don't, you know, don't allow yourself to be overwhelmed by all of the thinking. Don't overthink it. I guess is probably what I would say. At this point, just don't overthink it. Uh, start absorbing and taking in the the concepts, and you're going to see. When we are doing podcasts and we keep doing more and more podcasts, and even if you go back and look at our podcasts and listen to them again, you're going to hear these pieces being used throughout those podcasts. And that probably is going to help you understand how they interact with each other. So
0: So here's an example. Going. Here's an example of why we're doing this. It is common, when a person does not know the right word that they're trying to use to communicate what's in their mind, they will drop back to the word thing. The word thing is meaningless. And, and I am on a personal campaign to eliminate the use of the word <laughs> thing in the English language. I know I'm gonna fail, but, but I'm trying to do it. And here's why. I have four children, and, and uh, one time, quite a number of years ago, I was reading the newspaper in our family room, and I heard my second son say to my youngest son, hey, can you give me the thing there? And I'm not really paying attention, and my youngest son said, this thing? My second son said, no, not that thing, the other thing. My youngest son said, this thing? I'm now listening. I can't see them. They're in the kitchen. I'm in a family room trying to read the newspaper. And I'm starting to laugh as they go back and forth. Not that thing. The other thing. No, not that. Not below that thing. On top of that thing. So I finally got out of my chair and I walked into the kitchen and I said, what is it that you want? And my second son said, well, the thing over there on the counter. And my youngest son said, do you mean this thing? And I walked over and I picked up a knife and I said, are you looking for the knife? And my second son said, that's what I wanted all along. I said, you can't think of the word knife. He goes, it was too hard. I just wanted, I just wanted the thing. So I said, right then and there, we are stopping the use of the word our family no one is allowed to use that word ever again. And they start laughing and then thing thing, thing, thing thing I'm a jig, thing I'm a bob, thing ah, nah, 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 nah. became a family joke. What we're doing this for is that when your body and your mind interact with what's going on around you, you may not have the words to describe what you're experiencing, or you may be able to describe some of it, but you can't describe all of it, or there's pieces that are missing or they're not labeled correctly. And when you try to work on it, when we talk about gripping reality, your brain may say, but I don't have the words to do that. I can't think it through. I have an impression. I'm vague. I don't really get it yet, especially young children struggle with this. But even as you grow older, if someone doesn't teach you the vocabulary first and then what the meaning is behind that vocabulary, you don't have enough tools. You have some tools. Certainly, everybody has tools. What we want to do is give you a few more tools in your toolbox so that it's not just one kind of screwdriver, a flathead. But you also have a Phillips head in several different sizes and a 5-star and a 7-star and a 19-star. And you want to be able to have various tools because there's different kinds of screws that get loose, like in our brains. And so you want to have a variety of tools. Now, it's okay to have two basic tools that every human being needs, duct tape and WD-40. If it's loose, duct tape. If it's tight, (laughs) WD-40. You don't need anything else. Maybe a hammer. But other than that, you can beat things to death. You can tape them all up. The problem is you can't actually fix anything without having the proper tools. So what we're going to launch on today in podcast number seven of Gripping Reality is the complex we call perceptions or the senses of perception. So that's where we're going to start today.
1: And we're going to come at this a little differently, than, and I know that's probably hard to believe, that we're going to come at this a little differently than most people do. Uh, but You know, if we
0: came at it like everybody else comes at it, then we're not really necessary, because you already got exactly. the information. Exactly. Right? So, so we, we're required by the to handbook yes. to be yes. like bizarre and, and right. come at it from, there's left, there's right, and then underground, we're coming underground. Be ready for anything. All
1: don't. Right. And so we're saying we're, <laughs> we're coming talk. at this from a... Oh yeah, oh yeah.
0: Don't leave any airtime blank. They're going to turn off the podcast and be done. Nobody's staying with us if you don't talk.
1: Talk. You're correct. So 10 cents instead of five. 10 cents? We're, a dime? We have a dime? We're gonna, yeah, we're going to blow this up. Instead of five cents... <laughs> We're going to. We're, we're Wait telling, a minute. In 10. elementary
0: school, I learned there's five. I took a test on this and I got a, an 80 because I forgot one. But there's only five. Is there? Only,
1: no, there's 10 because there's they were 10. lying to you when they said they Well,
0: were they weren't five. lying. They just didn't tell me the truth. Now that's different. We'll get to that, <laughs> that in a was, future. We're going to get to that in a future podcast. <laughs> I don't know what number yet, but you can tell the truth and not tell the You can say what's true and not tell the truth. And that's but that's not the, this one.
1: That's right next to the thing that you really
0: need. Oh, no, no. No. (laughs) Back to perception. Stop. People are leaving. They're turning us off. I would. (laughs) I don't give many ideas. So, perceptions. What are the five basic elementary school perceptions? Five. And they are? Okay, Okay,
1: class. What are they? They are what? Sight. Hearing. Sight smell. You smell. Taste. Touch.
0: touch. Five. There you go. Total experience of human beings in the entire universe.
1: Right. Sight,
0: sound, smell, uh, taste, touch.
1: And so now the real question, the real question out of that first five is which one has the What's the word we're looking for? Uh, Has the most powerful effect on a person's-
0: The foundational sense. The foundational sense, we'll go there. Which one is the most foundational sense that actually provides a base for every other sense in human experience? Right,
1: and which one- Is Is this a
0: quiz? Well. Do they have to
1: turn in their homework? Uh, No, because we don't do that anymore.
0: Okay, all right. So, everybody most, out there who happens to be watching, is the four of you that are watching. The one guy just came in with his coffee. So, right. out of five senses, which one is the most foundational, the most basic human sense that regulates
1: sight, everything dairy, else? Smell, taste, or touch. touch. Which one okay. is? Raise your hand, please.
0: Yes, if you. you
1: think it's, if you think it's sight.
0: Sight. Absolutely sight. Turn off all right. the lights. I've got nothing.
1: No, can't do that because the site only sees what we can distinguish. Um,
0: Roy G. Biv, seven colors.
1: 300 million different kinds of Something things. like that? that. But yeah, I've yeah, yeah. tried to see
0: ultraviolet light. I can't see Those And aren't. infrared, I can't see that either. And hearing,
1: we do what? Hearing. No, 70 million, something like that, different size.
0: I am mean, I, from Sounds. down to 16 kilohertz up to around. Whatever, mm, like twenty-two uh, hundred, super high squeal. Okay. But after twenty-two hundred, you can't. There no sound exists after twenty-two hundred, or below I mean, a below se- seventeen. But elephants can stomp on the ground to make a sound about four kilohertz, and their ears can hear it. I can't hear that. That's amazing.
1: I, so then, what about smell? Smell. You stink. Oh no, I that know, we're
0: talking okay. that. Yeah sense how many how many sense
1: different distinguished senses
0: sense
1: sense
0: not pennies you're not talking pennies here no and you're not talking common sense because I don't have much common sense and we're
1: not talking about senses as in so skunk
0: skunk sense
1: skunk I don't know 100
0: million 200 million 1 trillion a trillion.
1: Yeah. What I really want to know is about the guy who actually sat down and counted all of those.
0: I know. He's still counting. I know he is. So.
1: But that's. that's uh, how that's about taste? Figure. Taste? I don't know about taste. but Five. Taste there are five tastes. I
0: know. Five salt, tastes. S- salt, sour, sweet, uh, bitter, and savory. Five. There's five senses.
1: What about touch?
0: Touch. I'm out of touch, so...
1: Well, we know that. You can't even turn your phone off.
0: I don't need to. Anyway, (laughs) so touch, the senses of your skin, but on your fingertips, they're extremely sensitive, but, like, on my shoulder, not so much. Or... Certain places on my back, very sensitive, and then other places, not so much. So there's a lot lot of variety there. So the right answer is, the answer is the most basic human sense is smell.
1: Smell. And what's fascinating about this, about the olfactory issue here, is that it it really drives right into the other five, several of the other five, Senses of which we talk about. So we have five more, and we'll come back to smell here in a second. But let's okay. talk about these
0: five more. Of... I have to learn twice what I learned in elementary school. That's
1: right. So Double. You have. You have. First one. Number six is.
0: Number six uh, is what we call vestibular or balance. Balance. And the and that where your eyes are the sense organ for light and movement and perspective and color and a, a variety of visual um, stimuli from the from the universe. Your inner ear is not where you hear. It's actually a point of balance that tells you whether you're standing upright or tipped a little bit, right. uh, gives you a sense of you're leaning forward or accelerating or slowing down. That's all done through balance. And one might say, so what's so important about balance? I mean, that's not really a big deal. Touch is a big deal. Hearing is a big deal, but, uh, but vestibular or balance, really not a big, I mean, who cares that much about that sense? If you have a cold, or if you're getting elderly, or there's some kind of damage that occurs in just one ear, or the world seems to be spinning around because you have um, uh, vertigo. Right. Vertigo is damage to your vestibular system. Right. Being sick to your stomach all of the time, or feeling like you can't make yourself erect that is overwhelmingly damaging to the way in which you experience the world so vestibular is is vitally important that's number six
1: and it, and it is and it is critical particularly when if you go in uh, uh, the spectrum of life of little tiny kids and folks who are elderly i mean when folks get older where there that's that whole side of being able to keep your balance and not fall. And what does a little, a little kid do when they're learning how to, to walk? It's that same piece of where they are. Right. Figuring out their balance and what that Or at like.
0: three months, they're trying to learn how to sit up.
1: Exactly. And they have exactly. their
0: head above their heart and then to stay balanced so their head isn't rolling around right. and when they get on bicycle or when they get on roller right. skates or anything like all of those climbing stairs, going down a set of stairs, those kinds right. of things require a great deal of balance. Right. And some and folks was, are just naturals at it. Others exactly.
1: really which, struggle. Which is, a, which is, again, athletic people who are gymnasts have to have incredible Balance to be able to sure. do the kinds of things they need to do. Well,
0: so, I mean, well, ice skaters, certain people right. that vestibular or balance, the sense of balance is
1: right. the
0: sixth one. Okay, let's not beat that. To death. Let's go on. Number, number seven.
1: Number seven. Yeah, okay. number seven is
0: position. Proprioceptive or position. Right. And what is your sense organ? Your eyes, your nose, your mouth, your skin. What's, what organ or what part of your body? Tells you the proprioceptive Or position Of where you are in space There's actually part of your body that does that for you And most people discount this entirely Your eye? Nope
1: Your nose?
0: Nope Your skeletal And muscular system Your bones actually Are a sense organ For where you are in space And so one thing that's interesting is when a person is feeling anxiety, we're going to get into this later when they're feeling anxiety, their dominant shoulder may rise up a little bit. You'll see their shoulder begin to increase. And the reason for that is it becomes a defensive move and the body is positioning itself to get ready to fight and you can see that happen. You say, well, it's called body language. But what's interesting is the skeleton tells a person where you are in space. So uh, here's a great example. True of elderly people, true of people with certain diseases and, and uh, body conditions, true of very young children that are growing up. Uh, let's use the example of a very young child growing up. When a child is two and a half years old and they're finally able to sit up at the table in a high chair and they have a tray right in front of them with a sippy cup that has a cap on the top and two handles on the side, they may, if you observe them, be using their hands, their knuckles or their palms to push the cup around and they're moving it from place to place to place and trying to be able to grip it and hold it. It's practicing how to use their skeletal system. But when they're four, they're sitting at a regular, maybe a booster at the table. But they're not in a baby high chair anymore. And the cup they're using is not a sippy cup. And they reach out for their cup for dinner and knock it over. And everybody freaks out. and You know, the don't cry over spilt milk. And what would you do that for? And you're not getting any dessert and all that stuff. The reality is, this sounds really strange. But if their arm, if the child's arm has grown let's just say an eighth of an inch in the last three days because we grow in spurts. So the arm has grown one eighth of an inch, just one eighth of an inch. That child's brain says, when I reach out for my glass, my hand should get there in this amount of stretch. Their brain has learned how far their arm has to stretch to grab their cup. But their hand gets there an eighth of an inch too fast because they don't know their skeletal reach yet. They hit their glass in that last eighth of an inch. They hit the glass, knock it over. Milk goes everywhere. Everyone freaks out. And the child does not know what happened. What just happened? My brain said my hand should get there in... In six milliseconds, but it got there in five milliseconds, right? And the milk went over because their skeleton hasn't learned where they are in space yet. Try and right. get upstairs. Now, an elderly person, they think they're lifting their foot high enough to get over the step. Their brain says, You've done this 20 million times in your life, you know how to lift your foot, but they don't know how they don't know where their body is in space. Right. Right. So they don't lift it high enough. They right. trip on stairs, fall right. down, get. That's right. a proprioceptive issue. Right. The right. skeletal understanding of where you are in space. That's uh, sense number seven. So
1: number six is balance. Number seven is position. Number eight. Is
0: this is memory. how we perceive the world around us. And we put memory as a sense organ. Right. In our, our brain, our brain remembers facets of our current situation. Now, I'm in my office. I'm not sure you've ever been in this office before, but I have been in your house where you're doing the podcast from. So my memory can tell me something about the roof line, which no one can see in this podcast but I know exactly where that is over your head because my memory tells me that. So I perceive the room partly by my eyes, but partly by my memory. And that's an extremely important part of understanding reality.
1: To this whole deal right here. Okay. Because now, because now we're having having a dynamic happen from the old factory being able to Mm recreate. the board and so consequently there becomes this powerful aspect of of the dynamic of smell that is connected to memory and those two things coming together
0: Tim, um, yes very
1: much and so uh, there's a very unique connection between the sense of memory and the sense of the olfactory. That is a powerful thing. It could be, for example, uh, you could be walking down a corridor and someone walks past you and they're wearing the same kind of, uh, uh, you know, a, a lady walks past you and she's wearing the same kind of cologne that your, you know, your mom or that passed away two weeks ago and all of a sudden you find Or 20 years ago, 20 years ago. 20 years ago. <clears throat> right, it could be two ago. weeks
0: ago, but it could be 20 years right. ago. 20 Smell, years ago.
1: That's it's locked powerful. into your memory, yep. Right, and all of a sudden it affects you. You don't have any idea why. You can't figure out what in the world is going on. Well, those are your senses that have engaged- in core in connection between your olfactory and your memory, memory is a sense, and it's one of those dynamics that I think you did a you know that you view things very differently because you've experienced that, but that right. is a memory that's put in place so number nine is probably one of my favorites is imagination um. Well, and we'll say that me? the
0: sense organ for that is the mind. The brain right. has memory. And we're just for want of having a term, uh, the person's mind can create or imagine something that has never been experienced before. So a musician right. can hear music that has, ne- they, they have a great deal of memory, but they can also imagine the interplay between musical instruments that has never been heard by anybody before. An artist can see a painting that doesn't exist because of imagination. An author can write a book or a story that never happened because the imagination allows a person to create something and, and that engages our other senses. So you can with imagination, see something Hear something, smell something, right. taste something,
1: right.
0: feel something. You, I mean, th- right. that and and sometimes that's from let's say pure imagination in the mind. But maybe it's drug induced, induced or right. um, from something you ate, some substance within your body or some other factor in your environment creates right. imagination that is different than either what your other seven senses are sending you information, it's still in your mind is part of your perception of reality. That's so that's number nine.
1: And number 10, which is one that people probably will really struggle with is has to do with the psyche and you know, well, what what do we mean by the psyche? I mean, what, what's the difference between memory imagination and the psyche so I mean,
0: another word that is used commonly for that concept is spiritual and right. the and the organ in our bodies that perceives the spiritual or the psychic is our soul now, i've talked to people who are they are self-proclaimed atheists i don't believe in god spiritual i don't believe in any of that stuff mumbo jumbo the Russians went up into outer space. They looked around for heaven. They didn't see it. So therefore, there is no such thing as God. And, cool. I, and I have said, okay, I have a very bright Christmas vest. And it's bright red. And so I saw a friend of mine and I said, what do you think of my red vest? Shrugs, ah, same as everything else. What do you mean same as everything else? Well, it's same as that lady's wearing a dress, the same color to me that, well, that lady's wearing a green dress, bright green. This is a bright red vest. Are you colorblind? And the guy goes, yeah. I mean, you know, I, people tell me that there's color. I don't believe it. Cause I've looked and I've never seen red. I mean, tell me what red is. Yeah, well, what do you mean? Tell you what red is. Red is red. I mean, it's well, like, not, it's not pink and it's not <laughs> fuchsia, not orange. It's like red. What, and the, the person says, well, you're speaking gobbledygook. That doesn't mean orange, green, red. What is that? Everything is basically the same color, one color. No, it's not. Take my word for it. I'm experiencing something you don't have the sensitivity within your soul to see. So if you are colorblind, you cannot see red or green sometimes not yellow, sometimes yes, sometimes not blue, sometimes yes. We know from the construction of a dog's eye, they have rods, but no cones. The rods see black and white movement. Deer have rods, no cones. But eagles and raptors and many other birds have rods and cones in their eyes. So we know that they can see color Human beings have rods and cones, but in some human beings, the cones don't work properly. So they become colorblind. And the soul can be, for whatever reason, that's part of gripping reality, incapable of perceiving the psychic world or the spiritual world accurately or at all. But it is definitely a sense that human beings have that allow them to perceive what's real. So there are 10, sight, sound, smell, taste, touch, balance, position, memory, imagination or creativity, and psychic or spiritual sense. Those are the 10, the 10 senses of perception. And those,
1: I mean, that's all wonderful and nice and everything else. I'm glad that's great information and you know, I'm glad I know that now. Now I can expand my vocabulary of senses and impress people at cocktail parties or or at the beer pub or wherever it is. Who cares? Why is that important? Why, why is this important for me to understand any of this kind of thing in relationship to gripping reality And has to do with the rest of the perceptions, emotions, motivations, and behavior? I, I, why is this important? What 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 is this what's the value of this?
0: The initial way in which a human being experiences the world around them and finds their place in it is through the stimulation of their senses, their ten senses. What's interesting is when an infant human being is born, all ten senses are not strongly engaged. I cite, in a newborn is limited to about 10 to 12 inches which interestingly is the distance from an infant's face to the mother's face when the infant is breastfeeding that's that distance and that's the right. exact focal point of an infant's eye so when somebody's across the room and waves the child may not even perceive the motion and certainly doesn't recognize the face because their eyes don't function like that. But their sense of smell is extremely acute and they do not need ever to be taught. What does your mother smell like? What does her milk smell like? And so an infant is born with certain well-coded aspects of reality that allows them to survive the very first minutes or hours or days of life, but in terms of balance, they don't have any balance at all. Proprioceptive, they're none, zero, zilch. Psychic, they're not. Some people say infants have a very attuned psychic sense. Others say that they haven't developed that at all. We don't know because they can't talk. Right. So, so the reality is the way in which we start the process of connecting into our world is the 10 senses. When one of them is deficient, that leads to some disability or challenge in perceiving the world and then interpreting what we perceive. So a child born blind sees no light, no movement, no color from birth. Never, Their brain has never seen light, movement, perspective, facial structure, nothing. The challenge creates in their brain a deficit about reality. They can learn to overcome it, but they may never be able to develop a sense of sight. That becomes one of those great challenges in understanding how does reality work and what's my part, what's my place in that reality. So, so it's the first engagement of what is real and, and what's my place in that reality. That comes from the 10 senses.
1: So the dynamic of what goes on here is again coming back to where we talked at the very beginning of this podcast when we said we we're going to be doing these four complexes of uh, perceptions, emotions, motivations, and behaviors, so that you can have tools in your toolbox to be able to, again, uh, have real language instead of saying, hand me that thing over there. <laughs> because you can say well, that happens all the time, I don't know what that is but I have this thing and we're going, well let's give let's give context to that. Let's give you a, a way to be able to put a handle on this so that it begins to make sense for you, senses in the the, the truest uh, not senses but sense to understand that there's a dynamic that goes on here within the senses that has effect across the board, emotions, motivations, and behaviorally. So one of, uh, one of the easiest ones, I think, that we've talked about maybe in the past, but I don't know, is that, that again, coming to, to smell, olfactory. Uh, and it's a pretty easy example for us to, to grab a hold of because it is such a powerful one as a primary driver in our senses. If you, if you are a person that has an acute uh, sense of smell, your olfactory is off the charts. And you're this type of individual that it doesn't matter where you are. you are always being triggered by the smells, they're intense. So you may walk into a you work on a team of people, in a boardroom, or a group of people at a church, or, or, or just your workaday cubicle kind of folks, and you walk in, and there's, there's, and you Let's say we're having a meeting together. You're working on a project as a team, and you walk into the room, and there's a gentleman who has, you know, he's maybe a little older, and he's wearing this old spice cologne that just. You walk in, it's like fills the entire room for you you it, it's it's it just you don't know what to do with it and on top of that it reminds you of your dad uh, 30 years ago um, and all of a sudden you're trying to deal with those feelings if you will again p perceptions senses e emotions then motivations and behaviors, but because of your sense, this heightened smell of this overwhelming, this powerful scent, you are totally distracted to what's going on in the room. And you're supposed to be helping to participate in this this project, but you are literally unable to get your head wrapped around about what is going on in the room. Because you're so distracted by the sense of smell that this person has.
0: That's a good way of saying it because you might be distracted, but you might be attracted. The right. very sense of smell can be incredibly powerful in a destructive way, but also in a constructive way. And so the reality is it's neither good nor bad. We're going to say that a lot through these podcasts. The sense of smell is not good or bad. The Being able to smell the Old Spice across the room from somebody who's wearing some, to that individual may have put Old Spice on seven hours earlier than your afternoon meeting and just put a little tiny bit on. To everyone else in the room, no one else can smell it. But right. to the one person who is hypersensitive in the area of smell can, can pick up that scent as tiny as it is. But the question then is, what does it do to you? Right. Does that trigger a memory that is very offensive in you? Or does it trigger a memory or a perception that is delightful to you? And and what do you do with that? We're coming back to those two questions. But in any one of these senses, the stimulus of the sense is neither good nor bad in and of itself. Now, a person may say someone in this room is wearing Old Spice. I hate that. I hate that smell. And why in the world would you do that to me? What do you mean? Why would I do that to you? What? Where is that coming from? Because you already announced it as offensive and detrimental and destructive when the person had no intention of doing that whatsoever. Unless they knew in advance they want to make you look bad at work and they know that you hate your grandfather's Old Spice smell, so they wore it intentionally to create disruption. Now we got dynamics going on that use smell in an intentional way to create discomfort or disruption. Now we got another dynamic going on, but we have the language to talk about it. That's what we're trying to do. That's what we're trying to do.
1: And so it's the same dynamic though that happens where sometimes people do not even understand that because they have a high, a very heightened sense of the olfactory, they get, shall we say, militant. And they don't, they really don't even understand why they're so militant. Not even, a, right. It. Because it's like, I just know this really bothers me. That, that really, really bothers me. let say me. that that they can hang their if you will this is what's happening to you you have to come full circle and realize your behavior is being affected by this sense that is driving what's going on down the line which again gets us back to What is the reality at which you're trying to live?
0: And we're getting ahead of ourselves because we're going to get to this eventually in future podcasts, but your behavior can actually make your sense of smell become much more highly intensified because you're reacting so negatively against that smell. Your brain picks that smell up over every other smell in the room. You dismiss every other smell. Because you're so focused in like a laser light on the one that you hate the most, your behavior and your memory now become interactive. We're going to talk about that later. So don't get too stressed out about the idea that
1: we're,
0: we're talking about this interaction, but that's really where we're going. It's interactive. Let's
1: jump to another one in just an example. Let's let's talk about another example Um, in the, in the dynamic of, of, of relational working together, if you will. Um, and maybe this is, this can be, um, uh, this could be virtually anything. Let's talk about imagination. So you are a person with a very, uh, very hypersense of imagination. You can see things, you can envision things. You are the uh, creative type person that, other people just never even begin to see, but you can see that. It, it's like um, I always I, I love I love to do this one is that you know when when where I happen to live we can we can see lots of cloud formations that kind of come through, and it's fascinating to me to be sitting outside on my deck with individuals and I'll be looking at the clouds and I'll say, "Do you see that?" And they'll look and they'll go. See what? I said. Don't you see that? Don't you see that dragon over there? And I said, it's 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 got its claws out and it's breathing fire and it's it's in the sky. You know, it's in the, and they go, what? What are you talking about? And I was, it's right there. You know, and then I'll outline them for it, and they'll go, oh 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 yeah, okay, I guess I see that now. It's really, I think, from the dynamic of imagination, is that you can get incredibly frustrated with uh, working on a team when you have people who have a very hypo sense of imagination. And they can't, they just don't have the ability to see and to think beyond that in that creative sense. We don't think of that as a, as a sense. You know, we just, I, I, I'm trying to think of the word, help me out here, of, of what we do see that as you know, we talk about people being able to see things outside of the box and all that kinds of stuff, but we don't see that as, an, as a sense that we have a hyposense. A sense of perception, yeah. Of, of imagination, yeah. So what
0: you're doing, you're introducing the, the what we call the variable factor in the area of perceptions. Just so everybody knows, we're kind of jumping ahead a little bit, and I don't want you to get frustrated with that. The, each of the four complexes... Perceptions, emotions, motivations, and behaviors have a variable factor. Human beings are not built exactly the same. It's, we're not put together on an assembly line so that every single part is identical from car to car to car with only variations of paint. And we're not made that way. Every right. human being has variations and the variations sometimes are fixed, but sometimes they change over long periods of time. And sometimes they change over very short periods of time. Or if you don't have enough blood sugar, or if the weather is bad, or if it's the morning or if it's evening. So the variation in the area of perception is what we call the variation of sensitivity. The sensitivity of each perception sense. So if it's in a bell curve, there are some people who are have a very low sensitivity on any one or many or most or all of these 10 senses. They're very, very low and others are very, very high. What we call hypersensitive, the others are hyposensitive, right. and then most people are Normally sensitive But even in normal There's variations from time Day to day All kinds of factors Right. So if a person We actually can interview somebody Or you listen to the words They choose And generally they will tell you What is their most Intense Sense And which one is their least Intense Sense So they'll be hypersensitive, hyposensitive. And what's interesting is a person who, uh, when they're describing having in their mind an understanding of a concept, you might be doing this right now, even while we're talking, your internal conversation is, I see what you're talking about. You see what I'm talking about? You know, I hear you. I hear you right now. I think I, I don't like this idea. It really stinks. Um, what we need to do is get in touch about this. Um, something seems, you know, it's just a little off. I, 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 it's, not, it's not lining up for me. Right. See that I'm choosing words that fit with various senses. Is that person highly visual? Are they per- particularly olfactory? Is it something that is tactile? Do they have a very strong vestibular sense? So they'll choose words that line up with their preferred sense Right. by saying, you know, it just... I just can have a clammy feeling about that. Right, you know, right. there's just something that's just not too sweet to me. I just don't, right. you know, I just, nah, it leaves a it funny taste in my mouth. Feel, They'll actually say it. It doesn't feel right. Doesn't feel right to me.
1: Right. That's yeah, exactly right. right.
0: So if you listen, first of all, listen to your own mouth talk. Right. What do you like to do use to describe when you understand something and your brain uh, gets it, you'll have certain ways that you are telling the world, here's what's strong for me, here's what's weak for me. Then in your family, in your workplace, among your neighbors, they'll generally tell you by the words they choose, which senses are hypersensitive, which ones are hyposensitive, right. which ones fall into the normal realm? Just practice listening to yep. see what people say. It's a fascinating yep. part of interacting when you start hearing the language a person chooses to be able to describe how they see
1: the world. And I think, I mean, as we, I think we're kind of coming to a close on perceptions today of the PMB, I Again, we want to come back to what is it doing to me and what am I going to do about it? It comes back to that aspect of understanding when I start getting some tools in my tool belt to to really begin to put together how do I really react in life? I... I One of the things you said that I'm going to just push and we're going to push and you're going to hear us say over and over and over and over and over, which it's been said forever, but we cannot underestimate it, is the art of listening well. Um, You will learn so much more about yourself and about those around you when you take the time to listen well and to listen with a perspective that you're not trying to come up with any answer at all but you are trying to understand who these people are what is going on in their life that aspect of sitting and listening to your neighbors and hear what they say where are they on this?
0: Or your child office? or your spouse. Or your child
1: or your spouse or your kids right. or whomever or your co-worker. When they say, and, and, and actually think in your mind when they say, ah, I see what you're saying. Ah, I, I see that. I hear ah, you. I hear you, you know. And those, when you are taking the time to listen, then you're going to become a person who understands much more as well as then you have the right kinds of tools to be able to begin with because you can start helping not only yourself, but them understand what's, what their senses are and what's driving those kinds of things. So one of so, our key
0: themes is gripping reality and one of, the, at one of the real dynamics that comes with the action of gripping, getting a hold of something, owning it is to start with the area of perceptions, understand all 10 of them as best as you can, begin practicing some of the language, but mostly listening to your own commentary and your own thought process and those others in your environment, start listening creatively, imaginatively, sensitively, visually, all these various senses to see how what's real, How do I hold on to that? Okay. What's my part in reality? And what am I going to do with that? So right. that's what we're talking about. So so we're going to
1: encourage you to buy the book. Why do people act that way? It's on Amazon. And we, uh, we want to be able to just help you kind of keep moving along as well as ourselves. So if they want to get a hold of us, they go to... It, you can go to
0: grippingreality.com You can go to whythepeopleactthatway.com W-D-P-A-T-W.com You can go, like anywhere And if you go to Google Google is now smart enough That it can find us Type either one of our names in I mean you're going to find out where you can get this information If you want to send an email You can send any kind of a comment or question To mike@grippingreality.com. Spell it with a Y Spell it with an I Either way, Mike, not M I K E Y. Do not call me Mikey. I utterly <laughs> <either>. detest, loathe, <laughs> hate uh, that it's, it's life cereal. And get let's get Mikey. Uh, he likes that.
1: I've heard. It won't it, come I've to us it. anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He won't come anyway, to us anyway.
0: <laughs> Mike M Y K E M I K E, and we will get the email Mike at grippingreality.com, and we'll be able to get it. And if you can't right. find where we are, send us an email. We'll tell you how to find it. <laughs> We'll send you a link.
1: All right. Hey, thanks for listening, guys. So I hope you can have a great time. Podcast
0: eight, the one that's coming next, is the emotions. emotional systems, how the five yep. emotions work. But we're not going to talk about that now. We'll talk about that later.
1: All right. See ya.